Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefers Initiative. This is the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy the show. We're in, baby. We're in. We are back. We are back in the saddle again. This is the Herpeticulture Podcast, episode 107. 107. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I am Phil Wolf of the Nefers Initiative. And this show is brought to you by MP Cages and Exotics and Steve Snakechuary and his Venom Hot Sauce. So, per the usual, if you need an awesome rack, you need an awesome cage. You need some hot sauce, and you want to support a good cause, you need to go buy some hot sauce from Steve at Steve's Sanctuary. And then for all your caging and rack needs, Sean's the man. I highly recommend him. We all do. Yes. Uh, I need to figure out what I want to get from him. What I need. Yeah. It's, it's hard because you have what you want. And like delusions of grandeur, you know, but then it's like, no, I really just need this, you know? Well, the, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the issue is like, I have the Cyania and then I have the Jansen eye, both of which are kind of at a point where they do need something bigger, at least the females on both, both sides. So, cause I pulled out that female the other night when I, when I removed the male, cause I did pair up the Jansen eye for like a week. He left them together for about five days. Any locks I, or no? I did not that I saw. Okay. Uh, but I pulled the mail and I didn't think I'd see anything anyways. You know, they're not like Condros where it's like, there it is. Watch yeah. in all its glory. Um, so I don't know if anything's going to come of it or not. I mean, I'll, I pretty much separated them to feed them and I'll probably put them back together and just continue to do that until I see signs of, of something. Uh, but pulling that yeah. female out when I was cleaning everything, man, I was like, she's she's grown a good bit since I got her, you know. Nice. Like they are freaking impressive snakes, man. And she's not even like maxed out size wise; like she's still got a good way to go. So now, when I was over at the when I was up for the wedding, you took out the male. That was the one that we played with and put in that small rack to clean. Yeah. Okay, so she's bigger than him. Yeah. Nice by a, by good a stuff. decent margin. So. Like a foot or. Uh, at least. Yeah, I was just say they look about she's the same. A lot stockier. She's got she's yeah. a lot beefier. Uh, so I had them together. I pulled them. Male was in the the elevated, like the mounted hide, and she was in the floor hide. So I don't know. We'll see. But she definitely is going to need something bigger sooner. And so that's like I'm kind of at a crossroads in terms of what I you know what what goes first. I feel like. They both, both species grow pretty quick. You know, it yeah. seems like, like the Cyania grow fast. Um, these Jance and I are growing quick, so it's kind of tough. I mean, of the stuff that you have that's not Pantherophis, I feel like the Cyania are kind of the in the middle where you could keep them kind of chondro-y and kind of cube and more tight, but at the same time, they are long enough and lean enough that you could set them up like the Jansen eye. So I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of in the middle with them. 
Well, both. I mean, I not ironically, like the two cyan, the adult cyania, and then the female Jansen and I are in two hundred quart tubs. Like oh, they're wow. all in. Pretty, I keep them pretty much the same as each other. Okay, um, cool, cool. The only one that's not is the male, and he's in the he's in the a rack in a thirty two quart because he's the one who continues to figure out how to escape. So he's in a rack now that he cannot get out of. Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, the like. Both of the issue is is both are a species that if you give them space they're definitely going to use it. Yeah, and totally. Like you give them you give them a decent sized setup they're gonna they're gonna love it they're gonna appreciate it you know that's not going to be wasted on them. Uh, so it's a tough call, but we'll see. I'm probably gonna I th- I'm leaning towards the Jance and I. Okay, how are the babies saying? Are they doing? We're doing good. Um, three of them are what I ended up with as far as the final surviving tally. Okay. Uh, one of them is like eating pinkies right off the bat. Like no sending, no nothing. I just drop a live pinky in there, gone. So that was a nice surprise. He's eaten twice that way. Nice. Uh, nice. The other two are still being finicky, and so I'm assist feeding tails. Uh, but I mean, other than that, they're they're doing fine. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat it, man. That's awesome. That's good stuff. And they're not, uh, you, you, you are not going to put them again, like together again, are you? No, I still have that second clutch in the incubator. I know. I just didn't know no, if like, I don't, you were just going to keep, keep, I don't plan do it. on it. No. <laughs> okay. And the no, second clutch is doing good so far. I mean, I like the, I got a clear container this time that I can shine my flashlight through and see into without having to open the incubator. Nice. Because before I had, it had like a red opaque lid. Anytime I had to check on the eggs, I had to open the incubator, take the lid off and look. Uh, And this one, I can just shine the light. And if I can tell that it needs to be like wiped down because there's too much condensation or whatever, then I just do that. But that's that's made life a lot easier because I don't have to, you know, nothing has to like drop. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about how what angle you're looking to lift the lid at in terms of the dew or condensation mm-hmm. running to one side or whatever. And you set them up the exact same with the egg carton and the moss on the one side. Yeah, awesome. I Dude, put a lot more a... springtails in it though this time. Okay, how many springtails made it to the end of the of the first clutch? I don't know. Okay, there was there was a good bit, but it definitely wasn't a ton. But this time, I like I my culture was exploding, so I was like perfect. Yeah, so I just dumped them in there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I was thinking, is this the first time that we've ever done THP one on one? I don't think I you don't and think I. It is. Yeah, is it really? I was thinking I'm about pretty that. Pretty sure it is because we've done a bunch of one on one stuff with snakes and stogies and some other stuff. I'm sure, but mm-hmm. I think this is our first one on one. I figure it's an easy. easy transition. transition back into things. It is 2021. We talk about our plans for the year, you know, what you want to get done, what I want to get done, uh, plans for like the podcasts and the magazine and yeah, man, you know, I love it. Just overall, I know you wanted to talk about some stuff as far as like Vivaria. Yeah. Cause I, uh, recently have been looking more into it and hen dog Henry has, uh, he's been dabbling in some crazy substrate stuff and just making his own pseudo ABG mix and his, you know, micro bugs and macro bugs and fungi. And it, 
yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But well, yeah, I mean, let's just go ahead and jump into that before we get into right. anything else. All right, cool. Everything else is kind of tied into. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. So, um, I recently rekindled some. I don't want to say rekindled a friendship, but recently hung out with a buddy who keeps a lot of vivarium type animals and uh, mostly snakes, mostly bioactive. And uh, he's in the medical field, so he has access to cultures and, you know, microscope stuff. And I mean, I'm not a scientist, so forgive me for my layman jargon, but he basically had some snakes that were not doing well. And it almost looked like respiratory, but it was kind of like there wasn't bubbles. There wasn't any kind of swelling. They just looked like crap. And uh, one of them was basically sneezing. And uh, he did mouth cultures and glottis cultures on like every single animal. And then he mailed them all out to one of his labs that he works with. And they ran the gauntlet. Everything from, you know, paramyxa and cryptosporidium and nido and whatever. And basically, the the lab guys were like, it's a bacterial infection. They have bacterial infections. And the guy asked, he says, are they on any kind of like bioactive substrate? And he said, yeah. He says, it's something that they're seeing now in these new, I don't want to say 21st century Vivaria, but basically because everyone is going to bioactive, there's more people doing it. There's more people learning about it and experiencing it. And now they're seeing this bacterial bloom of certain things and he actually it's funny he mentioned it he brought up the fruit flies transmitting yeah. bacteria from one cage to another and that was uh, like what we talked about with zach right and i brought up the whole podcast with zach and everything and talking about all that and he was he was like wow that's crazy i didn't even think of that and and now he, his collection is all under control and he wound up not losing any snakes from it um but it was just something i started thinking about and I started thinking about my own collection and what I have in terms of, cause I don't have anything on actual bioactive. I have some stuff that had some bugs in it. I have some stuff that's just, you know, a uh, jungle mix or pseudo jungle mix, you know, peat and sphag and, uh, and cocoa husk all ground together and stuff like that. And then I have some other ones that are more natural Florida stuff where I add in a bunch of white sand to kind of give it the sandy loomy soil. Yeah. Um, but I know that we all have fungus at one point or another whether it's aspen you know aspen gets wet it gets funky and it's like black that black yeah shirt. and it's not even like i don't want to call it black mold because it's not the same black mold that you get like but it your, is a black in your house mold. but it is a mold that happens to be black and i was just thinking about this stuff and like thinking about you know you were talking about f10 the other day and how you couldn't find any and like i started mm-hmm. going through the rolodex in my mind and like my cleaning stuff and like i'm a chlorhex freak i love chlorhex i buy it by it the gallon it smells really good it smells great if I have like, to use I've it. I've never used it before, and it actually but, smells good. I like it. Really? So wait, yeah. so what Clorox did you want to buy? Uh, whatever they sell at Tractor Supply. It's like Duvet or Duvet. Is it a white Is it a white one-gallon jug with blue writing? Blue. Blue liquid. It's a, no, no, but the jug, is it white? Like uh, white plastic? No, it's, it's clear, like not translucent. Okay, okay, so it's a, so it's a clear jug. It's not a white jug. Right. Okay, so the stuff I got is actually from Uline, the um, the company that does all, like the office supplies yeah. and stuff, and uh, they do some chemical stuff. I actually used to buy vermiculite from them because all of like the volatile chemical companies and like laboratories and stuff they buy vermiculite because of the flame retardant capabilities because mm-hmm. it has you know traces of asbestos and stuff like that. In it. Um, and they use it to soak up chemical spills. It's kind of like when the the 
paramedic firefighters go to a car crash and there's like oil and gasoline in the street. They yeah, dump they use litter. like cat litter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to use vermiculite, you know, and I'm sure other, I'm sure Billy Hunt can, of course, chime in on this one. Um, but I started going through this in my head about the cleaners and the chlorohex. And I remember when I was working for Jay Eaton, like 15 years ago, I was in the backyard of his house hosing out tubs. And there was a giant, big, pretty mushroom, like a big toadstool-looking mushroom in the backyard. And I remember somebody told me that chlorhexanine is a legitimate antifungal. And I said, I'm going to shoot this mushroom with chlorhex 2.0, diluted in water, and I'm going to see what it does. And I kid you not, in like eight to ten minutes, that mushroom shriveled up and turned jet black and died. (laughs) And I was like, that's the cleaner I'm going to use for my animals. So... Between rekindling with my friend who had the bacterial stuff and you looking for F10 and me thinking about all this stuff, I just started thinking about we have things growing in there that we really don't know what it's doing or how it's doing. And then Henry messages me and says, Phil, I must be doing something right. I have mushrooms growing in my enclosure. And he, and he sent me little pictures and they're adorable. They're like cute little mushrooms. But all I could think of was is that bad? Are those, are those, is that fungus spreading spores that we can't see that we're breathing in, that the animals are breathing in, you know, and as much as we have good ventilation and good airflow, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on a rant here. Forgive me. Um, uh, but basically the question is, do you kill those mushrooms? Do you, with chlorhex, do you leave them in there? Do you let your isopods and springtails and whatever else wood lice eat them and flourish in them? Do you just take them out? I mean, what do you do? do My opinion is that it depends. I mean, if you're talking about like full-blown naturalistic vivaria, like what I have the dart frogs in, I've had small mushrooms crop up on some wood pieces and cork bark and stuff. And it's kind of cool because they grow at insane rates. And so like over a three-day period, they'll go from like super tiny to like 10 times the size they were. But then after a couple days, they die off and you never see them again. But then another one will pop up. And so, like, I don't, I, I never had any issues with the dart frogs. Um, I think in terms of vivariums and stuff like that, that's actually not a bad sign. I think that means that you have kind of a, it's sort of like if you have thing like in saltwater tanks, you know, if you have certain corals and stuff taken off and whatnot, like that's a sign that something is like everything's sort of balanced and working. Right, uh, right. And I don't see how any mushrooms or, you know, unless they're coming from like a nefarious or questionable source, I don't see how they would be a problem now. Like if I'm keeping something simple and it's an aspen and I have mushrooms and stuff growing, then clearly that needs more yeah. regulation, that needs to be fixed. But in right. terms of avaria, when you're dealing with leaves and wood and, uh, you know, live plants and all that stuff, um, I mean, it's you're going to have hitchhikers to a degree. And when you're talking about mushrooms, especially that have, you know, thousands of spores, if not millions um, you know, I mean, some of them are going to somehow sneak their way in, but as long as they're not anything dangerous and as long as the vivarium's doing okay, I don't see why it's that big of an issue. I, we see it in dart frog groups all the time, uh, mushrooms and everyone's, the, the comments are usually in agreement that it's, you know, they're, they're pretty much benign. There's, you can take them out if you want to, doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Cause all I could think of was. Henry's got this beautiful, amazing vivarium with toadstools growing in it. 
And then I look at like, we all have done it. We, we've all neglected a tub and there's paper towel in there and the paper towel gets all yellow and black funky fungus going on. We've all seen it. We've all done it. It's bad. It happens. And I'm like, that's bad. That needs to be addressed immediately. But the little toadstools, they're okay. Like, that's what I started thinking about. Or like the white fuzz in Aspen, like, is it bad? Or are we just assuming it's bad because we associate mold with decay and bad shit? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not I know, like, not all mushrooms are are dangerous. Not all molds are dangerous. Like, right? Do I want it living in my tubs for an extended period of time? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Especially like if I have it in a dart, if I have a dart frog tank or something where I see things growing, it'll eventually sort of cycle itself out. I think. Yeah. But a tub that has no airflow and poor yeah, ventilation—that that yeah. I'm not down with. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because I mean, I, I just, have like the rack I have. I have a rack that has uh, some beards in it and my hog noses, and it's—I think it's an AP rack, and it is like when you push the tub in, you get to like that last half inch, and then it like locks up, and you have to really put force into it. Well, I keep my water bowls in there like half full because it's almost guaranteed that when I try to get that tub in there, like you can't be gentle with it. You have to really force it in and water sloshes all over the place. And so I, you know, that Aspen does get that blackness and that grossness. And that's just like, I don't want that in there right? Right. long term, even though, you know, I doubt it's really going to do anything to them as far as health goes, but I don't know. Yeah, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I... I'm the same way. I, I feel it. I feel it one third, you know, assuming that the snake is going to soak in the tub and have water displacement and overflow it. Um, and then the drawer, you, you know, you push the drawer and some of the heat tapes a little sticky or sometimes the drawer kind of bows over time, you know, and it gets, it gets tight. Uh, you know, it does that thing when you shove it in. Yeah. Um, so I actually found uh, their feeder dishes, um, I know underground sells them. Uh, they're made in China. They're small white or black feeder dishes and they're ceramic and they're meant for putting like millworms in. And the top of it is kind of tapered inward. So the bug can't climb out. Well, I start getting them for water because they're the perfect size for small tubs, you know, 16 cord or, you know, 10 cord yeah. or whatever. And if you do push too hard, it, it's less likely to slosh. Like because it has that the guard, yeah, it has like a little splash guard on it. So I've actually I thought those were pretty cool. I, I bought a bunch of them and they're working out quite well. The only problem is is that they are smaller, and anything that's they don't make like a, a they don't make like a carpet size one. You know what I mean? And I imagine if they did, it would be super heavy. I'm kind of surprised like no one's made gyro bowls. Have you seen those those gyro cups where you can like tilt it any way you want, but it like works with gravity and like the top part won't move but you can oh yeah, yeah i've seen them i've seen them i've seen like ads on instagram yeah yeah that's actually kind of interesting that i wonder if nice. it's i wonder if you know how like cody has the ceramic bowls and he puts mm-hmm. the deli cup inside it i wonder if you could do something like that where it's like kind of hovering almost i don't know mm. i don't know but the whole reason I brought up the disinfectant thing in the magazine group was because, I mean, A, I've been, like, I was I was waiting to run out of F10, which I did. Uh, and I had kind of been trying to figure out what I want to switch over to because F10 was expensive. You know, I liked it, but 
that that shit ain't cheap. Uh, and you were getting like though, a small bottle, right? Yeah, like I mean, even that, was... even that bottle, not even that, I don't think. Uh, okay. Even that bottle would last me a couple months, but, <clears throat> you know, I, over time, like, you get uh, the resistant bacterias and stuff, and it's not a bad idea to switch it up to something else every once in a while if you've been using the same disinfectant on everything um, to sort of change up the strategy as far as the bacteria and whatnot. Uh, yeah. So I was in Tractor Supply the other day because that's where I get a lot of my stuff for the mice. And uh, I was like, well, let me look at what, what disinfectants they have because, you know, they have a whole section for horses and stuff. Oh, yeah. And lo and behold, there's a big old one-gallon bottle of Chlorhex. So I grabbed it, and I wasn't sure. That, like, I heard mixed things about once you mix it, how long it lasts once it's in a solution. Okay. And so I talked to Pia, and then uh, some other people had said, you know, 28 days or so, it's good mixed, which sucks because I'm not going through that much. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, I didn't pre-mix a gallon of water. I, you know, I did what Dom said and did it under the certain line in my my thirty-two ounce bottle to right. get the ratio right. And I mean, that's not so bad because I'm not pouring out a ton, you know, like at the end of the month. But yeah, so that's why well, yeah. I asked. And everyone does it different. That's what's frustrating. Is like yeah. I want to know in terms of what we're using it for in the hobby, which one's the best. And obviously, bleach is going to be pretty much everyone's answer, but that's a small room. You know, you've seen it. I don't want to be staining my clothes and stuff with it, the carpet. Like, there's just, I like bleach. I don't want to have to measure bleach. I don't like having it. It's just, you know. It's too too volatile. It's too volatile. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the fumes alone, I don't want to, I don't want to have to worry that I just clean an entire rack of geckos and... I didn't wipe out enough quote unquote residue and the fumes are still wafting in there and they're going to choke and die, they're you know, like, contact high. Yeah. Or, or worse, you know? So I don't know. Ble- I, I try not to use bleach just because I'm, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of the things that it can do and I don't want to f- mess my clothes it's up or powerful or, stuff, man. It's powerful stuff. Now I've, I've been, like I said, I've Chlorhex junkie and uh, I've had the 5.0 and the red, which is a way harsher, um, that's like laboratory grade for like vet clinics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 2.0s always work for me. And this is so unscientific, but we always diluted it. And you know, the big Home Depot spray bottles that are like, like I don't want to say, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, they're, they're just the gun. Oh yeah. They're like 20 ounces or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we always use those because they're super duper impervious to most chemicals. That's what they're meant right. for. They're meant for harsh cleaners and, you know, uh, maintenance crews and whatever else. And uh, we always did it by color because at some point somebody had a, uh, I don't want to say like a graduated cylinder or something that they used to, to dilute the chlorhex appropriately. And we, we just did it so many times that we knew what the color looked like in terms of how dark a hue it was. <laughs> and that's what we go off. And that's what I've been doing for a decade now. And it's maybe it's bad, maybe it's good. You know, everyone's like, Oh, you can't, you can't overdose on chlorhex. The dentist uses it in your mouth, you know? I'm sure the blue, I'm okay, but like I would never do that with red because yeah. the red is just so much more, you know, hostile. Um, but that's how I always did it. And to be honest, we never thought about 
expiring or diluting itself or, you know, it evaporating minutely out of the bottle and having to reconstitute and stuff. So like if it didn't have the quintessential fresh chlorohex smell, I knew I had to dump it down the drain and make new. And that's just kind of how we did it. I don't have a microscope. I don't know if it's working or not, but yeah. it, it's been good to me. So who knows? And I mean, even if I did end up having to dump it most of the time, I mean, at $15 for a gallon compared to F10, you know, it's like, it's not that bad. Yeah. I think I paid like twelve fifty from Uline for a yeah, gallon. Tractor supply is a little expensive on some stuff, but. Yeah, but you also didn't have to pay for shipping. It was right. there. You could read the bottle before you, you know, bought it. So I so. use that. A lot of people were talking about like Simple Green. Um, yeah. There's some Simple veterinary awesome. disinfectant that Andy Middleton was talking about that I'm I'm curious to try. Uh, so you know I, don't I used know. to. And it's, I mean, I'm literally using it for cleaning out water bottles or water dishes before you know in between changes because I don't use reusable cups like the whole like buying deli cups and just yeah. using them like that's no that's horrible that's ridiculous i mean a i'd recycle them but still it's like deli cups ain't cheap either yeah i can just disinfect these bowls wipe them out because i mean i do water changes once a week so it's not like they're being left indefinitely with a bunch of crap growing in them right um so like that and then if tubs get nasty enough to where i have to like give them a good wipe wipe down inside like that's what that's going to be used for it's not like i'm using it for Anything super hardcore or like veterinary, it's literally just regular maintenance. So, so uh, do you remember? All right, you know the scrubbing bubbles. Yep. I don't mean I don't mean the chemical. I mean the actual cartoon bubbles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there used to be. A, I don't know if they still sell it. I guess we used to buy it in the grocery store. It was basically a cartoon scrubbing bubble guy, and it was a dome on top, and then it had br- uh, bristles underneath it that was like a. a like a pan brush, like a nylon pan brush. And you'd unscrew the bubble part and you could put in whatever soap you wanted. And then as you were scrubbing your pans or your pots or your glasses, the soap, you would squeeze the bubble part and it would excrete soap into the bristles to, you know, foam up the bristles as you were cleaning. So we used to put raw simple green in those and use that to clean all the dishes because now I don't have to spray it. I don't have simple green, you know, vaporizing in the air and breathing in that funky smell. Um, I don't even know. Like I'm not even familiar with it. We have a gallon of it sitting at work, I guess, because Raj uses it to clean the bathrooms and stuff, but I'm completely unfamiliar with it other than knowing that P and Cody use it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, from what I gather, and I'm sure Ryan Cox is going to yell at me because he's my chemical guru. Um, From what I gather, it's totally harmless and safe. And I mean, I wouldn't friggin' drink it, you know, but like that's what a lot of people use with animals. I do not think it is as potent as we would want it to be. Like I don't think it's as potent as chlorhex in terms of doing its job of being antimicrobial and antifungal. But it's a great alternative to using a harsher chemical or the fact that you could just buy in the grocery store. God forbid you run out of whatever you're using. Right. Um, the only thing that I noticed was when we used that bubble brush squirty thingy. If we were doing it on ceramic or glass, it was great. When we did it on plastic, we had to we tried a couple different brushes because there's a couple different manufacturers on them. Some of the brushes, the bristles were too abrasive, and it would actually scratch the plastic of the mm. containers. And now you have you know microscopic trenches for bacteria or fecal or whatever to get stuck in. And then now I find myself 
taking an old toothbrush and you know giving elbow grease and hammering out this one little scratch because that scratch is still brown and I can't get it to not be brown, you know. So that was just something that was an observation we did a long time ago, my friends and I. Yeah, let me because there were some comments that were interesting too. Uh, so David Kelly, um, let's see. He said, "If I'm just cleaning a tub for maintenance and the snake is established, he doesn't he doesn't spray with anything." He said, "I wipe down with paper towels or a rag and remove waste, but that's it. Reptiles want some of their own scent. Ever notice how when you just clean a snake?" Uh, like a tub really well and it starts cruising around and will urate slash defecate that night. Um, I do agree that I think it's like, that's them sort of establishing like a home base kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he says, I used to spray down water bowls with Chlorhex every cleaning, but I stopped when I noticed a horrible slime slash bacteria buildups. I think to a small degree, it's, it's like an aquarium. There are some beneficial bacteria that keep things in check. And if you overclean too much, you kill them causing the buildup. Now I just dump and refill with clean filtered water. All the nastiness has stopped showing up. So, something to think about. But I mean, chlorhexidine and simple grain were were really popular. Um, Pia, you know, with fish head diagnostics says Dawn dish soap and bleach for deep cleaning and simple green. If we are just spot cleaning the water bowl and recyclable deli cups inside water bowls in most enclosures. So they do like the coupling thing with the PVC. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. I uh, I was actually thinking too is just because we're on the topic. Uh, if for whatever reason, because I have a lot of arid species, I'll let the water bowl dry out completely, and then I'll give it a day or two, and then I'll you know just add water, or if it's clean, I'll just add water, or I'll clean it and then and then add water. But I noticed that my I use a lot of tap water. I use tap water for damn near everything except yeah. for a couple of species, and I have a ton of. I don't know if it's fluoride or minerals or whatever's in the local tap water. I will get a, I don't want to say a sediment, but like some kind of mineral buildup on the inside of the mm-hmm. bowls. And part of me is like, well, I have to clean that out because every time I add water, I'm, I'm making the, the concentration of minerals more. Right. Right. So that I have to be mindful of every time I'm cleaning. And I actually, I've, I'm slowly converting everything to ceramic just because as much as I love the fake rock dishes and it looks really cool ceramic, I can slide my finger on the inside and feel the abrasiveness of whatever's stuck on it, you know, because if it's not smooth, clearly there's, there's an obstruction there or something there that needs to be cleaned away. So I have to, I've most recently been very mindful of that. Let's see. Because then I was chatting back and forth with Rob Stone about the whole thing. Um, And he mentioned baby wipes, uh, which was surprising because I have yet to hear of that. Um, Be a lot of baby wipes. When he said absent Eugene uh, Bissett going for true sterility, he said they're cheap, easy, and super efficient while not inadvertently making drug-resistant bugs. Okay. Okay. Uh, he said, as you know from talking to Justin Julander, a virologist who shares my views on keeping, folks are worked up about entirely the wrong things. It's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Whole other conversation. That's cool, man. I would have never thought of that. You know? 
He said, unscented and as natural as possible, uh, but really we're mostly concerned about visible waste. When we consider there's uh, hundreds of thousands of microbes in a cubic inch of soil, um, per Justin Julander, we really need to be real about what we can do. Ha ha. Mm, yeah. Which I agree with. I mean, like, there's yeah. always going to be bugs. Like, that's just the natural, right? Natural thing. Even when you shower, guess what? There's bugs. Like, there's microbes. There's bacteriums. Yeah. Uh, what are you? Hello. What is this? Is it mine? The whole thing? Mm-hmm. Oh. Look at you. Ow, it's hot. Did you not do the thing? All right, I'll give it a minute. I what is my it? Tongue. I don't... It didn't even touch it. It did. I touched the bottom of the spoon with my tongue and it burned it. Now my mouth's going to look like Freddy Krueger. I love how you leaned into the microphone to say that. No, Hi, Katie. It's, it's hot. I'm scared. What? I'm scared. How you doing, girl? Hey. Eat it like a baby. What is it? It's cookie in a mug. It's cookie in a mug. So did you just like mash up a bunch of chocolate chip cookies in your mouth and spit it in the cup like a baby bird? And then microwave it so it's fresh and hot? It's pretty good. I'm actually slightly aroused by that. Oh. And now the show got the E yeah, next to it. There it goes. There it goes. Now it's explicit. Wow. Yeah. I'm it's envious. Like cookie oatmeal almost. What's the temperature by you guys? Cold. Like it's in the 40s. All right. All our I'm northern in... friends are laughing at us. Raining. It is <laughs> raining. I'm in basketball shorts and a polo t-shirt that's like Under Armour material because it's like 76 degrees and. Yeah, I gotta soak this shit up. This is good. Is he smoking a gas station cigar? No, he's not smoking a gas station cigar. <sighs> it's actually one of the Lanceros that your husband gave me at your wedding. We used to buy those in high school and then split them open and take all the tobacco out and put weed in it and roll it back up. Well, I'm glad what that a this concept. is a family show. I'm glad this is a family show. It's good. It's good. All right. They can sit here. I don't care. (laughs) Oh, man. What? Doing a podcast. We're trying to be professional, damn it. Where's my pizza rolls? Mom! The meatloaf! Turkey pot pie. What is she doing in there? It's crazy. It's crazy. Ha, ha. Get. What? I didn't even hear you. What are you going to say? Nothing. Say it right in here. Get. Stop. Oh. Stop. For those, of you, oh for those of you who can't see, Justin's wife is grabbing the boom mic and shoving Grassing it in his me. face. Shoving it in his face. Yes. You weren't kidding, man. Like, Thursday nights, they have to go in the garage. Yeah, every time. But she Any did. Every time, nothing. She nothing did, happens. But she did bring you a tasty dessert. That was very kind of her. It was good, but it also interrupted. Uh oh! Someone getting in trouble. Yep, that'll happen. In South hey. Florida. Yep. Boca baby. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm with like I'm in agreement that I we can only be as sterile. Like cages can only be as sterile as as we make them. Like no matter what you do, there's always going to be something present. It's right. just you're uh, you know how well are you sort of managing it, right? Uh, and and is it is it something that even needs to be managed? You yeah, know? and that's I mean I don't like deep cleans on my tubs where I literally empty them out and like full on disinfect the entire thing, new yeah. bedding. Yeah. Uh, if it's really bad, I'll do it. But for the most part, it's like change the bedding and put it back in. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, my take with cobras and, and and big colubrids, I leave the poo on the wall, man. I leave the poo on the ceiling. It's just gonna go back because as soon as I clean it, they're gonna be like, "Oh, it doesn't smell like me." Time to shit on the ceiling again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I am a little more particular when it comes to the mice. Yes. Like I have some alcohol yes. wipes, and so like when I empty out the tubs, I rinse them out to get anything that was left, and then I take those alcohol wipes and really wipe them down real good, and then let them dry out. Right. And but I, I feel think, like well, now that I have to go through all that chlorhex, I can take that bottle, my spray bottle, with me and just use that. And I feel like it's much different for mammals. Like I feel like mammals, it needs to be. I mean, maybe that's just my perception of mammals being weaker than reptiles for whatever reason, but I just. I feel like mammals need to be cleaner than reptiles do. You can get away with more with reptiles in mm-hmm. terms of cleanliness. I think with with like with mice and rodents in in particular, you know, they're if you have them in groups, like I clean mine every week, and by the time cleaning day comes, those tubs are pretty gross. You know, you're talking about something that's constantly peeing all over everything, constantly, you know pooping all over everything yeah and then you times that by like six in a tub even more if there's you know babies and hoppers and stuff and it gets gross quick yeah yeah and i don't use the same tub with every group every time i clean like i just grab whatever's closest you know because i'll I, after i finish changing everything out that's when i spray out my tubs that's when i wipe them down with alcohol and then they just get stacked so they can dry and then the next week, like, I don't have the same tub for that same group. I'm just grabbing whatever got stacked where it's stacked. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's yeah. a good way, I guess, for me to use more of that Chlorhex is just start taking that spray bottle with me on cleaning days and and spray out those tubs real good and then just let them sit. <clears throat> yeah, I was still still amazed when, you know, Zach was talking about sunlight. And, like, yeah. like that's just awesome. You know? That's the, that's what Pia recommended when I was like, "What do you guys clean your rodent tubs with?" You know, I think they had some sort of spray and then Dawn dish soap, and then she lets them sit in the sun for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy what something as easy as the sun can do. You know, so. the power of nuclear radiation, right? Uh, but what are the plans for twenty twenty one? What aren't the plans? Because we all know the clock strikes midnight on December 31st and all your problems go away and you get a fresh start. I won't lie, man. I, uh, I've had a really good start to 2021 despite everything that's happening in the world. My 2021 has been pretty, pretty awesome. So it's day seven. I listen, man, it's the first week. That's pretty good. 
I'm, 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 I'm taking it. I'm happy. You know, I got, you got good, all this new, new gear. You got that new computer. I got new gear. I got great. I got new gear. I got new animals. I got great people in my life. Oh, my, talk about the rinks. All right. Those things are sweet. So I like you, you told me how you, you told me how you wanted some and I was like, okay, yeah, Phil will eventually get some. And then it was like literally like four days later. You're like, look what I got. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So from what I got, all right, let's, let's go, let's go back in time. Um, like 2005 or 2006, I was getting, I was, was I still getting, I had to have still been getting hours. I was getting hours at underground for my venomous license. And one of the Cobras they had on display, somebody borrowed it for a breeding loan or something. And the owner of underground was like, Hey man, we got to get something to fill that spot. Uh, I'm going to go down to Strictly Reptiles and just pick some stuff out. You know, we'll see what they got. And he brings home, the first time I'd ever seen one in person, a Rinkals Spitting Cobra. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the Rinkals. They're an uh, odd group. They're a very, very unique animal. And I don't want to say it's my favorite Alapid, but it's definitely up there. Um, they are an Alapid. Uh, their venom is predominantly cytotoxic with neurotoxic properties. Uh, and they hail from sub-Saharan Africa, typically, you know, south of the Zambezi, you know, South Africa, Namibia, Swaziland, uh, parts of Zimbabwe and Mozambique. But most of the coolest ones come out of South Africa. So they come in a wide assortment of, of muted colors. And for the most part, they're, slate gray or dark 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 brown or even black and they have a ring around their neck of white um and that's where they get the name wrinkles or ringals so they're monotypic they're the only species in their genus um it is hemacatus hymacatus um it's a very long weird name but they're the they're not a true cobra they have a hood they stand up like a cobra they look like a cobra However, they're keeled scaled, they're rough textured, and uh, they are spitting. Their spray is not the same as the, the crisscross or the like the you know the 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 arcing mm-hmm. pattern. It's more of just like a shotgun. It kind of just goes bam in every direction. But they throw their body, they almost whip their torso so that they can get a little extra leverage. It's almost like when you put food on the end of a spoon and fling it at your little brother. <laughs> It's basically the same concept. Um, so they only get about three and a half, four feet long on average. Um, but they're just, they're, they're a, a, they're not a real Cobra, but for all intents and purposes, they are a Cobra. They have a Cobra hood. They spit their venom. They're healed, which is not they're typical. They're like an extreme hog nose. They're like an extreme hog nose. And the piece de resistance is they will play dead like a possum. They will literally flip over on their back, open their mouth, stick out their tongue, suck in their stomach, kind of like your grandpa does at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and they'll make their 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 you know pectoral side almost concave because they suck in their gut to show that like they're rotten, and then they'll musk all over themselves. And to a leopard or a jackal or something that's going to try and eat them, they look dead, they smell dead. In fact, there's tons of videos on YouTube. I wouldn't recommend it, but people showing how they play dead, but they just pick, I mean, Austin Stevens has the, one of the most famous videos ever where he's harassing the crap out of it. And it's literally a limp noodle in his hand. And then 
finally he puts his boot up against its lower lip and it wakes up and it just starts charging him and spraying on him and awesome animals well i i got this this rinks on display and it was not the prettiest it was basically black with a white collar it never hooded it never spat but they're just a super unique animal and they're very very intelligent um I would not say they're as intelligent as king cobras. I would not say they're as intelligent as mambas, but they're definitely they're definitely thinking. They definitely know what's up. I mean, I would probably put them in the same book as like scrub pythons. Um, they're also live bearers, which is crazy because you have a live bearing keeled cobra. Super yeah, cool. They're like the anti cobra man. They're they're just they're, odd. Yeah, they're just odd, and they're their own thing. They're they're monotypic in every way. Do you know how, in terms of like the evolutionary tree, sort of where they lie? So, from what I gathered, they're an they ancient species. Yeah, they're they're an ancient species of cobra, and I can't remember if they passed the egg evolution and went back to live bearing, or if they always were live bearing. I, I don't know how that goes, but I know they are an ancient species of cobra. Um. I'm pretty sure they have a close relative that was extinct in Europe. There's, I think, mm. two or three European cobras that have been extinct since like the 1600s or 1700s, and uh, and they're you know relatives to them in some degree, but they're only found in in the southern portion of the African continent. Um, so I, I had this one rink on display, and he was fun. I worked with a couple other ones at Strictly, and some other people I knew had them, but there's banded ones that come out of Eastern South Africa. And most recently, within the past year and a half, maybe two years, a few of them have been popping up in North American collections. Um, some of them were captive bred in Europe and brought over. Other ones were captive bred in South Africa. Mine are captive bred in Coxstad, South Africa. And these are the banded of bandits. And the bandits basically come in three different color types. They come in like a dark, dark black, where like it's like black with gray, Tiger yeah, that's stripe. what P and Cody have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, they also have one that's almost like a light, almost zebra-looking one, and then they have orange and yellow. So my female is most likely going to be orange, which I'm so excited about. Um, and then the male, I, I don't know yet. He still needs to shed one or two more times before you can kind of get an idea what it's going to look like. But I've waited a long time. Uh, they're very rare. They're usually very expensive. And... A friend of mine had them. They were in his private collection. And uh, I said, hey, man, you, you got any rinks that you want to, you know, move? He's like, actually, yes, I have a pair that I kept for myself, and I hate spitters, so they're yours. And he gave me a price I couldn't say no to. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. And, like, and it's one of those bucket list snakes, man. Like, there's snakes that you want, and you're like, man, that's cool. I would have that. And there's snakes that's like, I will have that one day. Yeah. And now I, and now I do. So, you, I guess you cross that off your, your list for the year pretty early then. Yes, most definitely. I will not be buying any animals for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, I will not. How many times have we all said that? No, but this time I was like, man, this is a lot of money for snakes, man. I got I to gotta chill out for a little bit, you know? And I still haven't gotten my damn stimulus check. Me neither. I think mine's probably going to be mailed to me because the first one went to a bank account that I no longer use that is no longer around. So. Oh, that's poopy. 
but yeah, man, I, uh, as much as we love Australian stuff, I'm, I've always been an African keeper. The majority of my collection is African with the exception of my water pythons, my carpet pythons and the knobtails. Uh, almost everything else I have is African, uh, cobras, vipers, uh, lizards. So it's just another African species, man. I love it. TIA, Danny. TIA. Let me get some squams. Dude, I'm convinced I have two girls. I really am. Part of me wants to just buy a, uh, the, the cheapest male that I could find and throw them in there and see what happens. Because they just don't want to I was going to say, I don't believe they don't seem like they're hard to, to breed. Like the freaking Amazon Trebos of the venomous world. Yeah, pretty much from what I've gathered. Everyone else seems to breed them. Mine just kind of look at me and go, feed me, Seymour. So, but it's it's crazy, man. I, I didn't, these, the <clears throat> the baby ranks, um, they've got to be maybe four months old, if that. Um, they're still really tiny. And I didn't have small tubs available. So I was like, oh, man, I got to go out and buy tubs. So my go-to is always Target because Target has the nice sterilites that I like with the gasket seal. Target had nothing. I go to another Target. They had nothing. Then I went to Walmart. Walmart had nothing. Dude, I don't know what's going on if it's like China. It's got to be. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is China's exports just not happening right now. Yeah. COVID and all. Yeah, and uh, I wound up finding, which this is either a horrible idea or it's a fantastic idea. I found... I started looking at Tupperware for meal prep for your home, like like actual good meal prep Tupperware that like the fitness people use, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these. I'm like, man, this is way too small. This is like, it's six quart, but it's really small. So I wound up finding cupcake tray holders. So they're plastic Tupperware that has uh, one, two, or one, two, three. It has four latches on it. It's clear. And then it's probably... 12, no, maybe 15 inches wide by eight inches deep and maybe like four or five inches tall. There's a handle on top that folds down so and it comes with the cupcake holder on the inside. So you can put all your cupcakes and then carry the handle like a little briefcase and all the cupcakes yeah. stay flat and level. Brilliant, right? And they stack. So I bought two of those, threw out the cupcake trays, drilled really, really small air holes and now I have latching tubs with a handle on top that I can use hemostats to pick the handle up and use it as a shield because they are baby spitting cobras. And uh, I think it's going to work. I think it's going to do well, at least for another couple months, you know. Martha Stewart would be proud. She would. Martha Stewart would have banded wrinkles. What else is in the, the plans for the year? Um, I got geckos that I got to pair up soon. I got synctus that I'm going to pair up. Um, my underwatersaurus are still too small, and I'm still iffy if one of them is a male that hasn't dropped yet, or it's going to be. I'm going to have two girls in that on that pair. Um, carpets are still small. Um, purple maculatus. So, so I've got right now it's three point four. Purple Maculatus. Uh, all of them, for the most part, are North Sumatra locality. 
different colors. Uh, I'm just basically, I've had them a year now, so they're more than established in terms of like husbandry wise. But I'm going to probably pair up two pairs in like February and just kind of see what happens. Um, but I'm not going to go crazy because I personally feel like they're still too small. Um, I know they would be old enough in the wild, but I just don't know if they would do it in the wild. You know what I mean? Uh, so I got them and that'll, so that'll be February. And then next week I bring the healers out of hibernation. Ooh, already. Already. So I'm doing, I did a quick it's cycle. Gone by quick. It's gone by quick. And, uh, Actually, Friday, I'll start bringing the temperatures up, and then probably midweek or maybe like Monday or Tuesday, I'll try and get a meal in them uh, and just go from there. I'm, uh, I'm terrified. I won't lie. I've never done this before, and <laughs> I, I'm terrified on two fronts because several people who are legitimate, in my eyes, HeLa professionals, HeLa experts, have told me that if hibernation was not cold enough the infertility rate skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I got like guys like Ryan Reed who told me that he's had friends. He, he always chose them exactly at 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, but he said that he's had friends that didn't cool them and they had full perfect clutches. And then guys that did cool them like 10, 15 degrees, but it was still like 71, 72 degrees. And they had full clutches too. So I'm kind of getting mixed signals on multiple different avenues. Um, but I'm more concerned with putting them together and them killing each other. And how am I going to separate them? And I made the joke to, uh, I think I made the joke to Rob Stone. I was like, listen, man, I'm just going to get welding gloves and a wooden spoon and hope for the best. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just like, I'm going to have to grab lizards. And if like, if, if I, the welding glove gets bit, it gets bit, but I'll try and get a, like a wooden spoon or like, maybe like a hard plastic spatula or something, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can't smack them. They're just going to latch on harder. Yeah. That's not going to, you, you got to get some kind of, <clears throat> get in there. And like, I was looking at those Midwest tongs, uh, those mouth speculums they have for snakes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm losing my voice. And, uh, I don't think those would work either because they're so flimsy and frail. And the Gila is so strong jawed and powerful. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Can you film it when you do it? Um, I'm going to probably set up uh, at least uh, – I have spare iPhones because I'm a psychopath. Um, I'm probably going to set up at least one iPhone on time lapse and just let it go while I sit there and you know meticulously stare at them. <laughs> um, and I'm probably going to throw a GoPro up and just leave it running and just see what happens. Um, but I'm not going to leave them alone. I can't do it. I'm too neurotic. So, well, I mean, worst case, nothing happens and you just try again later this year. Yeah, I basically decided like yesterday, actually, maybe the day before I was talking to Henry about I got this refrigerator, with this wine cooler that is too cold to put anything in and it's too small to put anything of size in. So, like, I can't even like shove a brettles in there. It's too small. So I'm like. What am I going to do with it? So I think uh, Henry and I have been looking more into the whole anti-venom thing, legitimately getting it. 
And I think I might just save it for when him and I do finally do that. And I'll just use that as like an anti-venom fridge. And then next year I'm going to probably build a legitimate chiller so that we can do it right, you know, and go from there. I wonder if you could somehow take one of the big igloo coolers and find some way to cool it. Yeah, I'm sure there's ways to do it. I've seen guys that do um, a cold water air conditioning where basically they have a air pump that is running. So you have condenser coil inside of a, a, a reservoir of water. Yeah. The condenser coil is chilling the water and you're basically making like half-ass air conditioning and that is then fanned into whatever container you're using as a uh, an animal vessel and you basically made like homemade half-ass air conditioning but the problem is you have to continuously add water because it's going to evaporate and then i've also heard of coils rusting and then vapored rust being thrown about and it's not like the most sanitary and i'm probably just going to spend the money and get some kind of chest cooler and then tweak it so that it doesn't freeze them out. Well, I wonder like also if you somehow got a wine cooler and were able to cut a hole out of the side and then just run like a duct from that into a cooler. One that doesn't get super cold, but one that you can manipulate the temperatures. If that would. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Some hood hood stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's like jerry rigging stuff's the best, but I mean, we, it works for everyone. Duct tape's a lifesaver. I'm just thinking too is because it's going to be in my snake room, even if I because I chill the whole room down in, in winter anyway. I let it get to like low seventies, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if because it's so much colder now, I'm going to have excess condensation. And I'm afraid that the coils would freeze up. And now all of a sudden I've either made a freezer or the thing just dies because it froze over, you know, and now I ruined it or I had too much of a spike. You know? yeah. So, I mean, I'm, if it doesn't work this year, I have a whole year to figure it out, you know? So, but other than, other than the baby rinks and the maculatas and the healers, I really don't have anything really mapped out for 2021 in terms of pairings or new acquisitions. When's the first video on the new channel coming out? Ah, I'm glad you asked. So I am fiddling with some post-production stuff. Um, I'm hoping to have the first real video out within the next week or so. Um, And then I have like a ton of clips and like I gotta, I gotta sew this stuff together, and I still kind of don't know if I like the intro because there's a lot of disclaimers. You know what I mean? And I mean, there's gotta be like I know, you, but I like, don't know if you're a Patreon, a P and Cody's page, like their videos mm-hmm. have have a long disclaimer in the intro, and I'm right, kind of have to. Yeah, and I'm trying to make the disclaimer fun and like make it where people actually read it at least once. You know, because let's face it, you read it once, you don't need to read it every episode that you watch. But the goal is to at least have one episode done and on within the next probably week or two. Um, it's just me being OCD about post-production and mm-hmm. making it look presentable and not half-assed. But regardless, I'm not a videographer, so it's going to be half-assed. Um, 
I'm also Video talking editing to, is so exhausting. It's exhausting, man. And like, even just using iMovie, like it's taxing yeah. and yep. like trying to get audio. Cause like I can have all these different audio peaks and that's ugh. why I just, I just Johnny one take. If I don't get it right the first time, big whoop, it's going up. If I'm and, really and feeling froggy, I'll get the camera and then I'll do all the yeah. like, stuff, the dance and see, that's the thing too, is like, I'm not even concerned with my, my takes per se, like not to be cocky, but I'm pretty good on the first take. I'm, I'm a one taker. It's then taking that and chopping it up and putting my audio over another video of just my hands. You know what I mean? And things like that. So that that's what I'm tinkering. Yeah, with. I, yeah. You know, I've also got a couple friends locally that have venomous stuff and I want to showcase their their rooms and their equipment and stuff like that. You know, I can't just show just mine. I need to show other people's avenues. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, Underground's Farm, uh, they have two venomous rooms, one of which does have the window, like Iper was talking about the other night. So, like, I want to go over, like, how do you go in my room? How do you go in that room? How do you go in Mike's room and Bob's room and Sally's room and, you know, just entry points and things of that nature. So, there's going to be a lot of repetition but at the same time, the venomous tactics is all repetition. It's right. burning it in your yeah. mind, you know? So I kind of don't care if it's marginally boring because that's the point. It's supposed to be burned into your mind so that you think outside the box and you think, okay, how am I going to negotiate these obstacles? How am I going to negotiate this task ahead of me before you even start to do that task? So I'm excited. Venomous Etiquette videos for everyone who wants to go on YouTube and check it out. There's a lovely 12-second clip for you to enjoy for the time being. Well, if I ever have the time and you need the assistance, let me know. Oh, I know. Because I, I have Premiere Rush. I can get pre- <clears throat> like I pay for the Adobe Suite, so I get pretty much yeah. any Adobe program. I use Rush just because I don't need all the super high-end fancy stuff. Literally just need to clip and snip and all that, so... Yeah, and I, the way I look at it is this, is that the people who are going to want to watch it are going to watch it. The people who are going to get something out of it, if they can, God bless, let them get stuff out of it, but it's not going on National Geographic. It doesn't have to be I'm amazing. I'm super excited about it, dude. I appreciate that, sincerely. I'm, like, really pumped about it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm glad to hear it. It's also like, funny I want to drive down there and help you shoot stuff. I mean, you can. camera. You can. It's such a far drive. If you want to come down, I'll, I'll not post shit so we can get yours. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got a lot of things in my head that I've been saying and doing for years, and now I have to figure out how to say it and do it on camera, which is, which is it's not a, a bashful thing. It's if I'm looking at you right now and mm-hmm. I say, you're going to take two steps to your right. You're going to lift your right hand. You're going to turn it 90 degrees counterclockwise. And then you're going to close the first two fingers of your hand, which is your ring finger and your pinky. You're going to extend your thumb. You're going to count to three. And then you're going to close the rest of your hand. If I just went like this and I was like, hey, do this real quick. Yeah. You would do it. But I can't do that. I have to show it and articulate how I'm going to show it. So like it's mapping out all those steps verbally so that it makes sense on paper because if it doesn't make sense on paper it's hard to translate on video in my opinion i'm basically yeah, I mean, storyboarding in my head it's like you know any martial art 
there's the nuances and things that you have to repeat over and over again and you build that muscle memory and yeah. you know, that's just that's that's what it is. I mean I did yeah karate for I don't know, four or five years and it's just constant repetition, like that's classes. Yeah. Know? But you get to a point to where if you're doing it right and you repeat it enough, like you don't even think about it anymore. Right. Right. You just do it. But but at the same time, I feel like I have to constantly, maybe it's just me, I have to constantly remind myself. I have to constantly remind other individuals when I'm with them with training and doing stuff is we do become complacent. Oh, yeah. And the complacency kills. So I have to remind myself, you know, hey, you were supposed to do it like this. You should have done it like that. Let's not let's not make that mistake again. You know, And I'm probably going to make the mistake again, but... And it could be something as stupid as forgetting, forgetting to screw on the lid of the water bottle and I spilled water on the floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stupid stuff like that. Um, or it could be, hey, you moved your index finger too low. So too low when you were popping the first notch on that deli cup. Because that can be life or death, believe it or not. And like, like I'm What's the go most over. common thing that you've seen in, in terms of, what do you mean? Just like small, the small things that maybe people wouldn't like, people don't notice that they're doing. The most dangerous thing in handling captive venomous, hands down, the most dangerous thing is deli cupping. Because I don't know how people do it, man. Like watching people do it makes me nervous. Well, that's because the people you're watching typically aren't doing it. I don't want to say the right way because there is no right and wrong way to do it. But the people that are doing it are typically not being methodical about it. Like, for example, there are certain deli cups that are harder to use than others because of the way that the lid latches on. Mm -hmm. Depending on where your fingers are, you have to be, you have to have the appropriate amount of dexterity within your finger to, to pop the lid and break that seal, so to speak, and then go to the next one, but be, but be mindful that you're not popping the other side on accident or that you haven't popped two or three at once. And now instead of the deli cup being like, instead of the deli cup being like this, it's like that. Yeah. At the same time, it's also species specific because if I've got something with heat pits, I need to be mindful that my finger is still out of the way of the air holes because they'll strike at the air holes. A fang will go through the air holes and nip you in the finger. So then you also look at having extra tools. How is my deli cup secured in the container? Am I using a container within a container? as like an overflow, God forbid the mm-hmm. snake pops the lid off and now it's in the container within a container. At the same time, is how light is that deli cup? Is that deli cup so light and the animal within it so light that when I go to pop it, it flips mm-hmm. or the deli cup knocks over? So am I using some kind of tape to hold it to the bottom of the of the larger container I'm using? Because I'm not just going to do it on an empty table. I'm going to do it a container within a container. Um, what, how long are the hemostats I'm using to remove the lid? Am I using the, an appropriate size snake hook to run the rim of the container to pop the excess latches or excess, you know, tabs that I need to do? Yeah. All, all these things have to be thought about prior to ever touching the deli, you know? And then like, I've shoved a five foot monocle cobra in a large deli cup. I've done it. And like, there's a technique to it. You don't just shove them in there and use your hand real quick, you know? Um, but at the same time, it was only because I didn't have a snake bag and I had to do it at the time. So like never do anything that you don't have to do. If you if there's an easier way to do it or a safer way to do it, go and do it. Get it done. 
but it's the little things like deli cups that nobody ever thinks about. Sliding lids opposed to lifting lids, sliding lids opposed to close to, to, to covering lids. Um, and then having the right tools to do it, you know, having another container there, having a second deli cup, because sometimes depending on the species, if I, let's say I have a, a, an 80 quart tub that I'm using as a catch all, right. And I have a snake that's only six inches long, baby eyelash fiber, let's just say, right. Yeah. Or not even a baby, a juvenile eyelash fiber, six inches long. And I have two deli cups, both of which have good lids, both of which have good weight to them, both of which have the exact proper paper towels on the inside, whether it's crumpled up or laying flat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to use the left one because I decided, okay, my left one is my primary. Well, if it doesn't go right, there's a high probability that that snake will leave the left one and go into the right one and just stop and just chill there and go, okay, where am I now? In which case, yeah. then I can use hemostats to lower the lid on and boom, I just secured it. But like, how many times have I done it with only one deli cup and I'm sitting there going, damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah. And like, Co- like Cody said the other night, frustration is fatal. Mm-hmm. That how feeling many- like that, re- yes. that feeling like you're being rushed for yes. no reason. Yes. Like the whole like, oh crap, it's loose. Like get it in something ASAP. Right. Like that was a- dealing with my Aatrox when I had it. You know, it was like when you expect them to not go the direction you want them to. And knowing that they're just going to kind of spaz out for a minute, but then after a couple seconds, you know, they're going to, they're going to be fine. They're just going to stop. You know, that makes life a lot easier when it's like, it's okay if they have to, you know, go on a unapproved stroll. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, unless it's like a mob or something crazy, but like the Aatrox is like, I know she's going to flip out. Like I know it's gonna happen. I know she's gonna. <clears throat> I know she's gonna do laps around the the Neodisha before I actually pull her out. And it was like just let them do it. Yeah, let them do their thing. There's no rush. There's yeah. no hurry. Take your time. You know how many how many times I've gone and I've approached an enclosure, whether I'm by myself or with students or with peers or whatever, and I walk up to the enclosure and before I unlock the thing. I, I do my little check sheet in my head. I do my little list in my head. And I go, okay, this, 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 that, 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 that. And I touch the lock and I unlock it. And that snake in somewhere or another says, not today. Game on, bitch. Either game on, bitch, or it cowers and hides, or something that gives me the gut feeling of, this is not a good time to do this. And you know what I do? I put the lock back on and I walk away. Because my life and the life of others and the life of the animal is not worth having a bad scenario. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I mean, and don't get me wrong. I've had scenarios that were beautiful and they went to shit real quick. You know, I have a video. It's a horrible video in terms of like quality and like angles. Um, but my, one of my old angusticeps I had, it was, dude, that thing was chill. And one day it wasn't. And it shot out of the garbage can and basically tried to bite me in the face and I had to move like some do some like fat guy matrix shit. <laughs> and I wound up I wound up catching it on the hook on like the breast. And then I caught it by the tail in midair. But the problem was I grabbed his tail too firmly. So it immediately sh- it sprung back like a slinky and then dove to bite my hand, in which case I had to throw it and it landed back in the garbage can. So like. And all this, of this all happened in the span of like three seconds. No, no, this is less than a second. 
Oh, geez. Like, like this is, you know, tenths of a second, just like, bop, bop, done. That was it. And you watch the video, and it, honestly, it looks like me just going, doing this, you know? But all you see is this green blur shoot across the screen. And, like, things like that. Like, I want to add that. But I almost don't know if I can because it's, it's kind of pointless when I, I would have to break it down and dissect it and explain what's exactly going on. Yeah. Um, but, like, I didn't plan for that to happen, but you have to expect it to happen to a certain mm-hmm. degree. You it's know what I mean? Like I said the other night, like defensive driving. You have someone right. pulling out in the median and you're in that, that left-hand lane, you expect them to pull out in front of you. Like, you right. prepare yourself for it, whether it happens or not. Yeah. You know, and, like, for example, one of the things that I'm going to cover... and. I didn't want to go too in depth on a lot of shit because I want to, I want to do the videos. I want people to watch the videos, but like mm-hmm. one of the things I always tell people is what I call the, the five finger thing. I don't have a real name for it. I just call it the five finger thing because we have human hands that have five fingers. Most so it ha- yeah, most of us, it has nothing to do with venom. It has nothing to do with losing fingers or digits, but it's this concept is let's hypothetically speak that a snake is only capable of five things, right? You have no idea if it's going to do number one, number five, numbers two and four, numbers one, two, three. You don't know what it's going to do. But if you train and you prepare and you know how to counteract and how to react and how to decipher, and I keep using the word negotiate, one of those five things or all of those five things, then it doesn't matter what the animal is going to do you're more than capable of taking care of all five things. And every once in a while, we get thrown a sixth thing or a seventh thing. And you're like, man, I didn't know it could do that. Uh, You know, everyone always talks about how cobras can only strike forward and down. That is a bold-faced lie. That is a myth. That That is old wives' tales. I have physically watched cobras go backwards and bite upside down. Um, I've watched uh, Egyptian cobras literally springboard off themselves and almost do like a cartwheel. Um, another one video of that guy with the Russell's Viper that was posted the other day. Exactly. I never thought that they could that that was. Yep. I mean, I knew they could levitate, but I didn't know they could levitate like that. I mean, that was like truly like I would have made that same mistake and been like, yeah, yeah we're good. I mean, I would have used a longer hook. Yeah. It was like yeah. there's no way that thing can can do that, and it was like sure shit, there it was. Right. And that was the sixth one. That was this. That was that was number six. You know, he maybe thought, okay, I'm going to get through numbers one and two and three, but all of a sudden, five and six hit real quick, and he got nabbed. You know, uh, and that maybe that's uh, him not thinking of the five finger trick, or maybe that's him using improper tools. You know, or underestimating the animal. You know, it could be any number of things. Um, I mean, that, another one that's a, that's a famous one is that. Ring calls can only spit if their hoods open. That's a complete lie. I've seen it happen. I've been spat on by rinks with their hood closed. So it's learning the species. I don't even it's understand learning. how those two things would be attached. Right. They're not. People just, you know, have it in their mind. They saw something, they heard something, they translated it wrong, and you know, they play telephone game with people. So <clears throat> But I'm very excited about the videos, man. I am. I, I hope that I hope that I can articulate it the way that I want to, and I hope that people can get something out of it. And you know, if it's entertaining, great. If it's not entertaining, who cares? It's not really meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be more of a I don't want to say instructions, but more like a Guidance. video videos of recommendation. 
you know? What was kind the, of it. the quote that I sent you earlier that I really liked? Yes, yes. Your absolute uh, best won't ever be good enough for the wrong people. It's true. At your worst, you'll still be worth it to the right ones. That's it, man. That first line is... Yeah. That's got to... I got to get make that a shirt. I like that. It's awesome. It's one of those motivational posters you see in a random office, but it actually hits home with you, you know? <laughs> you know, it has like well, an I mean, eagle <laughs> flying or something. True. Because I mean, like, just I've said it with the magazine, I've said it with the podcast. Like, it ain't gonna be for everybody, and that's okay. Because the people that it is for are gonna attach themselves to it. They're gonna take it in. They're gonna enjoy it. You know, whether it's regularly or not, it doesn't matter. It's gonna find the right people, or the right people are gonna find it. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what about you, man? I've been talking about myself for like an hour. (laughs) It's an interview with the wolf. It's not an interview with the wolf. What about you, Justin Smith, twenty twenty one? What do we got? Uh, so Bairds. Yeah. That's, I'm not gonna screw those up this time. Cause last year, I got that small clutch, and for whatever reason, cooking too hot and ruined that clutch. It's a rookie move. Happens so the that's best not of us, man. Again. Um, more Cyania. I'm hoping these Jansen I go. Uh, no Condros are going to happen from the looks of it, and I'm okay with that. I've made really, even even that big giant ovulation. I don't know if that was an ovulation, man. Dude, I've it never looked seen... like one. I'm just wondering if it was maybe follicles because I never got a prelay shed. Hmm. Day fifty. Well, so from what I thought was the ovulation. The day that was supposed to be prelay shed day came and went no shed, and then the day that would have been egg day came and went with no eggs. And then she just she's continued to refuse food, and now she's she's dealing with an RI or something. It just doesn't. Dungeon. I've had that snake for what'll be four years this year, and I've never had a single issue with that animal. And then hmm. all of a sudden. Because, dude, the picture you sent me was like, right. whoa. That's whoa. what I would I was like, that's an ovulation. I feel like textbook-wise, if you saw that, you'd say that, yeah. that was an ovulation. And that, and that was not the same time that they locked up? No. They locked up later? Earlier than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought they the had... male was in there with her when you sent me that picture. Um, He might have been, and then I pulled her. Because usually, like, once I notice the ovulation, that's when I'm like, your services are no longer needed, sir. Yeah, yeah. And pull them. Dude, that animal's so big. Oof. She's big. And, you know, I mean, she's okay. Like, she seems to be doing fine so far. I haven't really messed with her a whole lot. I've kind of just tried to let her keep stress down as much as possible. You know, upper heat some. Let her kind of hopefully work it out. And I don't know. It just, it sucks. I mean, it's 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 kind of a relief like I've said this, I think on our last episode with Terry is like it's it's like the thought of having a year where I don't have to worry about babies that don't eat, and I can just yeah. worry about corn snakes and bears and the stuff that's just gonna be like Stevie Wonder levels of of a breeze. Yeah, uh, you know, minus the cyania. I'm like I'm okay with that. That's fine. You know, it's 
You have to. Dude, it's like you have to enjoy the the simplicity. Yes, and it, the it's the Christmas relief. It's the Christmas relief of of everyone's all crazy and excited and doing all the holiday stuff, and then whammo, Christmas happens. It's happy. It's fun. Whatever. And afterward, you're like, "Thank oh, God, fine, it's over." You know, <laughs> it's over. So, no, I get it. Yeah. So, corns. Uh, that I'm kind of especially excited about because the female that I have planned to pair. Uh, I've had hers for the last five or six years. I got her. I, you know, my came from my my neighbor's pump house when I was living at my parents. It was a little tiny thing. I mean, like, fresh out of the egg, like, small, nice. small. So, that'll be cool. Um, so, how old know, is it now? It's nothing, huh? How old is she now? She's got to be five or six. I'd have Jeez. to go back and look. I don't even remember, like, it's in that ballpark, but... Cool. Got her when she was tiny, and so it's it's cool to... That's a neat project that I'm I'm probably way more excited about than I should be because it's just normal nah, wild-caught corns, but they're wild-caught corns from my area, and I love... South Carolina has the best corns on the planet. I, and dude, no one it's can not argue even, that. No one will argue that. If they do, they don't know what they're talking about. And it's super special because, A, you like it, and that's awesome, and B, it's from your mom's pump house. Like, how cool yeah, is so that? I have five snakes. Four of those five came from the island I live on, and then one of them came from another part of town that's not an island, but that's that smoking hot, like, buckskin, Abbott line-looking one that's just unbelievable. And that's why corns are awesome. (laughs) That's why corns are awesome. Dude, my coworker, uh, he was in a a, a rinky-dink pet shop by me recently, and he sends me a picture of this diesel normal corn i mean realistically just by going off of the minute locality phenotype knowledge i have in my head i would say it's probably like georgia north florida looking snake right Mm -hmm. but dude the thing is a monster and it shoved in one of those little cubes at like the pet shop and he said the entire staff was terrified of it (laughs) apparently it had like a chondro like feeding response and he says hey man uh is that corn snake for sale? They're like, yeah, man, uh, 20 bucks if you want it. He's like, really? It's like, why are you guys selling it for 20 bucks? Like, what's wrong with it? He's like, no, man. It's like, we don't do snakes. We're like, we, 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 we don't like snakes. And uh, uh, that thing's really, really aggressive. So I just want to warn you. He's like, all right, unlock the thing. I'm taking it. Like, oh, do you, do you have like a snake hook? He's like, no, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And he says that he, he says he went over and opened, they opened the thing. And like every single employee of the pet shop comes running over to watch him wrangle this mamba, this orange mamba. (laughs) And uh, he said it was, he said he felt bad because they were legitimately afraid of it. And he said that it was nice to show them that it is a harmless, like loving snake. But he also felt bad because it's like, you guys are stupid. I'll tell, I'll give you my 20 bucks now, you know? So it's at his house now, and you know him and his girlfriend pass it across the couch. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, man. He told me he's like, I'm rescuing a corn snake tonight. I was like, what? He's like, I'm. Re- <laughs> he's like, I'm. He's like, I'm rescuing a corn snake. 
I was like, what do you mean you're rescuing it? He goes, well, it's, it's shoved in a tiny little enclosure at some rinky-dink pet shop, and uh, they're all terrified of it. So he told me I could have it for 20 bucks. So there you go. I just, you know? I, man, I don't know. Like, wild corns, it's just so cool. Every population just has its own sort of unique thing. Like, even the ones that look very similar, you know, there's still something. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, even with the, the four that I have from here on the island, like, I have one that's considerably darker than the other ones then i've got that female who's considerably lighter like you know has a lot less black and is just overall much more sort of brighter orange right and then i have one that's kind of like a perfect mix of both yeah you know it's just it's really cool to see it and they're i mean they're all in in cooling right now um trying to decide if i should warm them up at the beginning of february or just wait until valentine's day um well how many of them are wild caught that are over were, were over a year old when you got them uh, three. So I would say, if anything, just wait till the weather warms up. You know. I mean, that's probably gonna be next month, sometime. Okay. Well, there you Given go. Given how squirrely the weather's been. Yeah, it's true. That's it true. New Year's Day, it was like seventy degrees. It was perfect. Yeah. It's like walking around in flops and shorts. <clears throat> Doing it right now. So I don't know. I've, I've, I cooled down pretty much all the beards minus the young stuff. Just, I mean, they're, they're a year out. Most of those, except for the adult pair I have, um, they'll all be ready by, by this time next year. So I went ahead and cooled them down. I cooled down all the corns and, um, you know, I just was like that. That's a good opportunity for me to, to load up on mice. You yeah. know, I ended up losing a good bit cause my freezer Something was in the the door and didn't close all the way, and so a lot of stuff. Oh, out. Yeah, man. I need to get a latch for that freezer because I'm. This is like the third time this has happened. Where, where's the freezer? It's in my parents' garage. Oh, see that? That's the worst because no one's checking it. Right. Yeah. Damn. But it needs. I want to get a latch or something for it so that when I close it, I know that it is closed. Right. Right. Ideally, I want to get like a deep. Like a, a chest, something that opens from, you know, not from the side but from the top. Yeah. Well, do you have a Home Depot by you or no? Uh, there's one by Hilton Head. It's about probably an okay. hour away. We have those. Okay, I was gonna say this. I don't know about Lowe's, but the Home Depots by me for the holidays they stock up on chest freezers of all different shapes and sizes because. People get extra turkeys, they get extra hams, they have leftovers, so like mm-hmm. people are going to buy it for the holidays. And they're relatively inexpensive. I mean, I saw like one that was probably, the whole unit was probably the size of, say, a large Exoterra, and it was like 100 bucks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't need anything massive. Yeah, so I, I bet you I vacuum seal all my stuff, so that, that comes oh, that's even better. space, too. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say is they probably still have a lot of them. They're probably on sale after the holidays because people don't need it now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say check out your local Home Depot or even Lowe's and see if you can snag one now, you know? Yeah, the only... You know what's frustrating is we just completely cleaned out the garage, completely reorganized everything, moved all the podcast and streaming stuff to the back of the garage, and we have one freaking outlet. <laughs> okay. 
There's no other outlet. Like, there's one on the ceiling, which is where I used to like I had the podcast stuff yeah. attached to a, a surge protector that was literally dangling from the dangling from the ceiling. Right. Now I just have my one outlet with like a 50 foot extension cord that runs out to over here, even though it's like 10 feet. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, really? Cause I was, I was telling Katie when we were moving everything around, I was like, look around and see if there's any outlets that we're just not seeing. And oh, we get one. That's crazy. That's nuts. Now that wasn't the people that had the house before you, that wasn't like they made a garage. That was no, always a no. garage. Yeah, this has always been. That's weird. This wasn't an addition or anything like that. I don't. Yeah, and the one in the ceiling's odd too because it's like, why would? I mean, is it other it's than the not, light? It's not linked to like a garage door, an automated garage door. Nope. Interesting, because like I know my parents' house, they have one on the ceiling for the automated garage door, and that's it's just that one plug. It's one socket. But yeah, this one doesn't doesn't have one. Interesting. But I have a buddy so, who's an electrician, so I may see yeah. if I can get him to, like, if I buy the actual sockets and stuff, if he can put them in. Yeah, man. It should, should be relatively easy. We want one on the front porch, too, because there's not one on the front porch. There's, like, by where we, you and I were sitting smoking cigars, there's no outlet? Yep. That's so weird, man. It's odd, man. This house is was built in, like, 04, so... Yeah, but it's, it wasn't built uh, in 1960. Right. It was That's built in 04. It's strange. <laughs> Yeah, that's really peculiar. Interesting. Interesting. So Yeah, I mean, I'm on my patio right now, and there's there's two you probably outlets. probably have, like, three, yeah. Yeah, there's two out, and they have the little plastic covers, so the elements stay yep. out of it, you know? Interesting. My, my parents, their porch is, like, you know, they have a porch that pretty much wraps around the entire house, minus one side, and it's, like, there's at least two outlets on each side. No, you, they've got way more than that. We used them, you know? Yeah. So that might be a 2021 project as far as the house goes. Um, cool. But, I mean, breeding-wise, it's pretty much just going to be a colubrid year. I'm hoping my hogs, my female hog, will be of size uh, next year as well. Nice. Um, you got Mexicans too, right? No, I just that's Chris. I just have normal. Oh, okay, okay. The rarest of all hog noses is the normal. Right now you do, yeah. Hey, you don't get... Uh... Southerns or Easterns by you, do you? Yeah. Dude, I need to I find, find Easterns one all the time. Easterns are like, especially like when fall starts, like yeah. October. You rarely see a Southern and Southerns. I mean, Southerns you're not even supposed to mess with. I don't think. Pretty sure they're protected, but Easterns are not hard to come across. That time of year, I almost always have people texting me asking me what the snake is in their yard and it's an Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I gotta see one, man. That'd be awesome. They're fun. They're fun snakes, especially yeah. the babies. Super cute. Little tiny guys. Yeah. Uh, so, I'd like to get my hands on some inlands. See, that's uh, the issue. Is is my ambitions are larger than my room. So, yeah, but you got time, man. You don't have to buy, you know, six foot inlands. I love inlands are at the top of the list. I want to get rhinos again. I'd like okay. to get some baroni. Okay. Some phyllodryas. Uh, and then maybe more bairds. I don't know. I definitely would like to get some some more Like whether it's 
true Ganya stone, like oxies, some silver oxies would be really cool. Uh, I think that kind of depends on how successful I am with the Jansen eye as far as breeding goes, if anything happens. Because that's a lot of room you got to dedicate. You know, those yeah. those are big snakes. Uh, and then Boiga, you know, i definitely like to pursue those more, but those are also going to require a lot of space, especially if you get something like Melanota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, it's just, I, I'm getting out of the dark frogs. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you what's up with the Vitatas. What do you mean? Like, do you still have them? Do you get rid of all of them? What's going on? I still have everything. Um, okay. I just, it's, it's getting to a point where I just, I don't have as much time for them as I did before. Um, you know, that's like, there's a whole shelf of that stuff in the snake room. And if I get rid of that, that frees up a lot of space for some of the stuff that I do want to get into. And Hector won't go in there and eat all the wires. That's right. And it's just, it's one of those things where you kind of have to reevaluate what you're, you know, where you want to go and where you're at. So, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I love dart frogs. There's nothing against them. I may one day get back into some of them, but just, just right now, you know, it's just, I need that space. It's got to happen. Yeah. Like in order to do the stuff I really want to do, you know, some sort of sacrifices have to be made. So, yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the inlands man, because I won't lie. There's, I have a pair of inlands at my availableness, if that's I know, a word. I was looking at them online. You were looking at them, and they are so good looking in person. They are puppy dog tame. They will eat anything you put in front of their face. I've watched it happen. And thank God I bought those drink calls instead because otherwise I would have inlands. <laughs> and that's, that's another thing is like I have the tannin bar. Yeah, it's all met at crossroads. It's like, do I really put in an effort to try and hunt down a female? Do I kind of just wait until one shows up? Like, I don't know how old this guy is. So I got him from a guy who had him, I think, three years, and he said he got it at like almost two foot long. Okay, so it's probably safe to say that he's somewhere between five and six. Yeah. That's what I was, I that's, what I was, that's what I was thinking, yeah. So I don't know, man. I say you wait and just see what comes up. You know? Because then it's you a have, question of if I get a female and it's a baby, you know, what kind of shape is he gonna be in by the time she's ready? Well, I mean, dude, Kyle's the one who told me that, you know, he never worries about old animals because males will be males. You know? Yeah. The the ninety five year old billionaire can still make a baby with a 25-year-old gold digger, you know? So. The seed ain't using walkers. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the seed ain't in a hover round. Oh, God. <laughs> what was that thing you said in the group chat the other day with the, the, the chair that goes up the stairs? What was that? I don't remember. Oh, God. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't even remember. Just, I just remember <laughs> you were just like, Phil's going to get in that chair that goes up the stairs, whatever it's called. You use the proper name. And then you sent the it's gif like the of like, or something. The little, little, little old lady like sitting in the chair as she goes up the <laughs> stairs. It's like, oh, God, it's depressing. Ugh. But, but podcast plans, magazine plans, just keep on doing what we're doing. I'm going to – I really – 
I found a website where you can pay like 30 bucks a month and they have a bunch of courses you can take as far as like Adobe programs, like InDesign okay. and Photoshop. And I really want to get into those. I just, I want to get better about like design stuff, like layouts. Like I want to be able to do more because there's a lot you can do with Photoshop with edit, you know, designs that you can bring into InDesign. But I really. I know my way around InDesign pretty well at this point, but Photoshop, I'm fairly clueless. And so I want to take some of these courses and really up the design game. Well, I'm not just saying this because I'm your friend, and I'm not just saying this because we do all this herpetological stuff together. You're doing a fucking fantastic job on that avenue. Yeah, but I look at like magazines that are on the shelves at stores... Like any of the cigar magazines that come into work, I keep them in my bag and I use them as like reference material to see like, okay, this is what they, you know, they kept this page blank with this much space in this picture for this reason. And, you know, really just, I want to make it sort of like up the ante as far as professionalism and make it better, you know, because I feel like I kind of just do the same thing all the time. Like, I feel like the layouts are all very similar and I want to be able to change it up and. Yeah. But I mean, one might say that that's your style. One might also say that that's because uh, you don't have uh, a shitload of ad space and like ads, and at the same time, by choice. Well, no, but it's by choice. But you're not obligated to to fill every single inch of the page like some of these other magazines are. And at the same time, some of these magazines that have triple the amount of articles that we're putting out. But every article is not four or five pages like ours. It's two paragraphs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like some of the magazines, they'll have a, a teaser in the beginning, and it's you know continue on page forty six. Yeah. And it's like, that. yeah, I freaking hate that. So you go to, you go to the table of contents in the page four or five because there's usually three or four pages of ads before you get to the mm-hmm. table of contents, and it says you know uh, Justin Smith's take on Vitatus frogs. Pages five, comma forty six, and it's like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> like that. Like, you know what I mean? And first pages, they like flip to the back to breed a lot. End of the article. That's it. Scene. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I want to like the more I can do as far as that stuff, the more potential there is for future work outside of that. Um, I have some some pretty cool stuff cooking with some other people uh, that is still reptile-related. And so ultimately my plan for the year, and I don't know if I can make this happen in a year or not, is to be able to make enough doing these side things, be it the magazine, the podcast, the other stuff I have lined up, to be able to be part-time at the shop so that I'm home more if I want to take off for a long weekend and go down to Billy's. Like, I can do that now, but it'll be much easier to just be like, I'm going. Yeah. I'm not going to be here. Um, but mostly just being able to be home more. Because, I mean, my schedule right now, like, I work long hours a, a lot of the week. So, I don't get home till late. Um, don't get to spend as much time with the family as much as I would like to. And I'm just, that's sort of my... That's where I want my trajectory to be pointed at is being able to do all this stuff, be home more, still work at the shop, just be part-time. And I think that's that's a very easily obtainable thing. And yeah. I think I could reasonably 
I I could probably swing it now. It would be very tough, and we'd have to like we already budget pretty strictly, but we'd have to even break it down even more. Um, so I don't know. I'm just gonna see how some of this other stuff sort of pans out, and uh, go from there. So I think it's a hell of a game plan, man. For, for just, 20, I think about how nice it would be. Is, like I can I can like if I want time off, if Katie wants to go do something, I can literally just. I'm not I'm not coming to work these days. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine like I have two days off a week and that's because of, I don't need to be there for both of them for, I don't need to be there every day of the week. Thank God. But I always do, I'm off Wednesdays and Sundays and I chose that on purpose to break up the monotony of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about this too. I'm like, man, if I had one more day, I could get so much snake stuff done. Like yeah. Matt, Matt, articles and cleaning and photography and all of that it's just you know two days off a week it gets tough that's pretty much where i'm at man it's like sundays that i take that that day is like off like sometimes i have to clean mice that morning but i usually wake up early before the girls are up go get it done and then by the time they're awake you know i'm done with it yeah Um, but the sundays are like family days where i'm not doing anything and that's like my day with the girls Sure. And then Mondays are the days where I play catch up on feeding and cleaning and all the other stuff and, you know, getting things ready for the stream that night. Uh, and I mean, sometimes that, that just doesn't get done. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's frustrating because then, you know, the next week your workload is the order's a little taller than it was the week previously, but oh, yeah. it is what it is. And so I don't, I, if we like, we don't have a, I mean, the grand scheme of people our age that went to school, and earn massive amounts of debt. Like we're really not in a bad spot debt wise. Like if we got it paid off and knocked out, I could very easily right now probably work part time and do what I'm doing with everything. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, so it's, it's not far off. It's not, it's not out of reach by any means. It's, it's very close. Uh, and it's just one of those things where you just got to keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, man. And get it done. So, yeah. I'm. I know 2020s was a shit show, but I'm very optimistic for 2021. Um, in terms of my friends, my family, my projects, like I just I feel good about it, man. I feel, and it, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with COVID or politics or whatever. It's just I, I just feel good about this year, or at least the beginning of it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So. Is there anything you want to improve this year? Yes, I um, I want to write more. I uh, I've told some I of want our you to write more. <laughs> I know, and that's and that's it's it's funny. Uh, I brought this up to a couple of you and I's close personal friends, and it's like I feel like I I don't want to say I feel like I'm letting you down or I'm letting the magazine down, but like I do to a certain degree. I do, and it's unavoidable because I'm so strapped with work that when I do come home, I'm like, look, I love I'm Justin. Not, yeah, no mental energy. Ma- I feel you. Dude. you know? And I, I'll be honest, I've taken more days to do nothing lately than I should have because I wake up and I'm like, I'm not doing shit today. This is not happening. Sometimes <laughs> you need it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Exactly. You. Yeah. But I've got stuff in the pipeline for you. Don't worry. I got more thoughts in the old noggin that I'm going to try and put pen to paper, so to speak. And uh, I'm going to also try and play around with some more graphic design stuff 
uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I feel like I could whip some stuff up and like, I want to do so. I want to do a logo for Billy. I'm going to do a logo for Casey and uh, play around with a stylus and a iPad a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I got to get back doing consistent posts on Instagram because I just haven't been, you know, I, I I've been trying to get better about that the last couple of days yeah. with the magazine page, like posting more. Like originally I yeah. was like, I don't want to post more than like once a day, but now it's like, no, like twice a day, maybe three times, like really just freaking send it. You know? Hammer it. Yeah. Cause there yeah, was, was actually a really good episode of her house rock. Um, where they had uh, Robin from the Reptile Report on, and he talked about okay. sort of his whole mentality with that page and what it's. Then it's very much in line with, with like what I've wanted to do with the mag or what I have been doing with the magazine. Yeah. He's just like he's just cranking stuff out, and so I was yeah. like, I just you know, if people complain about seeing it too much, unfollow it, whatever. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm spamming and posting something every twenty minutes, but it's like I definitely want to up posting there you know yeah people are checking the feed people are checking their phone mindlessly throughout the day whatever they're doing whether they're on Mm -hmm. their day off or they're at work and they need that you know 20 second 30 second break to just chill it's cool if they're seeing new stuff throughout the day and you're not spamming them my problem is is i've noticed recently because i've been so busy i was making posts and then saving them as drafts so that i could just Put them out in the ether whenever I can. Yeah, that's what I need, should be doing. Make and life I, easier. And dude, and that was the thing is I would spend maybe an hour or two to just make like fifteen like or ten posts. Yeah. yeah, but my work is crazy and my mind is going a mile a minute, and I just I was like I don't feel like it. And now I'm almost getting the vibe of like people see a knobtail gecko post and they're like, oh, I remember that page. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been that long, you know. I make the joke uh, <laughs> that, you know, I'm never in the group chat because I just, my screen time on my iPhone is down every week, you know, down 9%, down 20%, down 8%, whatever. My but, problem is freaking Brawl Stars and playing that game. Brawl Stars? It's, dude, it's, it's addicting. Don't bother. You know, no, you could just un, undo the app, you know. I could, but I don't want to. Ooh, you know what I found just because of my recent acquisition, I was looking up a bunch of rink stuff. Um, the African Snakebite Institute has an app for their local, you know, Eastern oh, really? South Africa. Yeah. And uh, it's a free app. And I downloaded the app and I'm looking at it. And I turned, I had to turn off location services because, or not, uh, uh, yeah, location services because you can like text them live. Like, I have a snake in my yard come help me, you know, or I just got bit. What do I do? And like, there's like medical treatment and like snake identification. Wow. And like, there's a whole list of like all the snakes in the particular provinces of South Africa. And it's like, are you in Africa? Are you in South Africa? Or are you in Mozambique? Are you in Zimbabwe? Are you in Botswana? Like, like, what do you got? You know, they have a thing. It's almost like unnatural. So you can send them a picture mm-hmm. and one of their team people will have their phone on them and they'll be like, Oh, that's a ring called spitter or that's a, you know, Cape Cobra, or that's a snouted night adder. Don't worry about it, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I thought was super cool. And it's just a free app. So, like, yeah, I downloaded it. I'm kind of surprised we don't have something like that here. Like, we have a snake snap, 
but that doesn't have like the whole like text somebody yeah. in case of an emergency kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know like African State but Institute, like, you know, Johan is the man. Like, I mean, I have his book, like I'm, I've got to be honest. I'm probably going to name the male ranks. I'm probably going to name Johan just because that dude's awesome. And uh, it's cool that like 21st century, man, you can, I can text him from his app. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just super cool. <clears throat> so, or play Mortal Kombat with a friend or, in Vietnam. Or, or play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? No, what is that? The cable, the cable Guy? That oh, Jim Carrey I, movie? Dude, I haven't seen that forever. You can visit the Louvre on one channel or play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, but yeah, man. This was episode one hundred and seven of the Herpeticulture Podcast, part of the Herpeticulture Network. But it is brought to you by MP Cages and Exotics and Steve's Snakeuary. It's Venom Hot Sauce. I am deadly serious when I say you need to get some of that Cottonmouth sauce. Duly noted. So good. I need some. I need to get some. I need it in in my house. In or around the vicinity of your mouth. That too. So uh Monday, nine o'clock, Snakes and Stogies. If you're gonna be at the Atlanta Repticon this weekend on Saturday, I will also be there with Casey Cannon. Ooh, look uh, at you. I'm going to go pick up a cage from Black Box to review for the magazine. Uh, nice. Which will be the, that will be the Scrubs new new digs because yeah. he, needs, he needs him something nice. He needs him a, a caddy. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm gonna, while I'm up there, I mean, since Casey lives in that general area, I'm going to go hang out with the guys at Reptiles Express, uh, who I highly recommend for shipping. Best in the booze. And hang out with Casey. I think we're going to hit up Chili's. So. I want you to go up to Arnold. Like, and, you know, you could have had a conversation, say your hellos, whatever. And then, like, before you walk away, because, like, you know, you always have conversations. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, hey, man, I'm going to go run over here real quick. I'll see you in a minute. Before you do that, I want you to take the back of your hand and I want you to very gently just caress the side of his <laughs> cheek. And then I want you to say, and then I want you to say, <clears throat> that's from Phil. And his response is going to be like, who the fuck is Phil? You know? But it still he needs to happen. You. Yeah, maybe. He listens we were, to us. He, he listens he, to these things. Yeah, you're right. He probably does. We were very drunk that night in Daytona. Yes. Yes. But you need to do that. I need you to caress the side of his face and say, that's from Phil. I make no promises. <laughs> Fine. I'll have Casey do it. It just won't be uh, it. You probably it, have a better chance of me doing it than you do, it, Casey. It just won't. Uh, no, I think Casey would do it on principle. But it won't be as funny from Casey because him and Casey are the same height, and you're so much taller. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> they probably <laughs> kick me out. <laughs> yeah, there's some creepy Sasquatch touching people. Nah, Arnold uh, wouldn't complain. A, I, he might. I don't know. But... Anyways, we'll see you all Monday night. Snakes yeah. 60. 
What are we doing for sixty, man? I don't know. Are we supposed to be doing something special? I feel like we should. I mean, if we were, if we was like an old man birthday, it would be like a big soiree. I don't know. We have to figure something out. We have to. We have to smoke sixty cigars. How about that? Oof! Oh God! Start in the morning. You can do it. Oh God! I don't There's know if Hector. I can. Oh God! The demon cat Hector. The demon. The it's crazy how big he's gotten. He's a little meth head. He's adorable is what he is. When he wants to be. Most of the time he's just destructive. <laughs> it's true. He's horrible. He's he's great when he's sleepy. But you know what we should like do? Amped, he's he's chaos. We should see if Hansen is available for Monday. We should. We should. I will have to message him. Yeah, shoot him a message and uh yeah. That's what we should do. I agree. All right. Me and him smoked a cigar the other day. He he called me as I was opening up at work. We had a little video chat and just smoked cigars. For That's awesome. Hour. That's awesome. And he showed me some of his stuff. Showed me his inlands and Oof. some of his venomous. And it was, it was cool. nice. I was like, that's that's awesome, man. Like, literally, just have a friend in Australia call you up and be like, hey, let's smoke a cigar and hang out on you know Facebook, FaceTime or whatever it's called. Dude, twenty first century, man. Crazy. I told you that the a couple months back, Iper calls me on my cell phone, and he's screaming about some Facebook rant. I don't remember what it was. Actually, I mean, like, I do with crystal clarity too. That's the crazy crystal clarity. Thing. And I was at my cousin's house. We were watching a movie or something. It was like midnight, and he's like. Did you see that fucking post? Blah 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 blah. And I was like, uh, "No, man." He's like, "Do you have a minute to talk?" Because, and I was like, "No, man. I'm, I I can't do this right now." But like, how awesome <laughs> is that? How awesome is that? Some you know? people have to pay for such a thing. I know, right? It's funny. My I'd uh, pay to listen to Scott rant. Well, I mean, absolutely. Front row seats, boy. Absolutely. What What are you doing, Katie? I feel bad for him. Shoving his butt in my he's, face. He's like kickboxing you. <laughs> he doesn't like this game. But he is cute. He's gotten big. He's he's definitely. He has gotten big. He's a big cat. Ow! He just scratched me. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Time right. to go. Yeah, it is. Good night, Katie. Good night. We'll see y'all later. See y'all next week. Subscribe. SoundCloud. iTunes. Spotify. Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Check us out on Facebook yeah. and Instagram at the Herpeticulture Network. Thank you all. And good night. Goodbye.